0: Uh, hi, I'm Greg McDonald, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold.
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all
2: conquering East Fife. As I've made my way to that end, Wells, and road. Sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and I'd have to wait Now there's broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more
3: hello hello how do you do we are the boys from new bay view and we're back with another episode of glory days of gold your east fife and scottish football podcast i'm michael mccall
1: i'm erect i
3: mean i'm lee gillis i'm gordon henderson and
1: i'm andrew warrender
3: and no doug this episode i believe he's wanted to take in the final of the african cup of nations so he's made a a big trip down south of the equator and it's just been a a quiet time really since the last podcast I'm not really sure we're going to have too much to talk about but we we thought we'd probably bring something out yeah
1: before we go any further right there has been a lot of news last couple of days but some big news is podcaster Aaron and his lovely wife Jodie and their daughter was born um this week so congratulations to aaron uh, jody and
3: rudy on the birth of the girl. congratulations to aaron we're all delighted sending good wishes here from everyone at glory days of gold we're all over the place at the moment i'm in a log cabin by the sea on an island gonna watch some champions league matches tomorrow because that's where the white caps are playing uh, a game so I'm over here for that so hopefully the wi-fi doesn't crap out it seems to be so good so far But yeah, obviously, we do have a lot to talk about, and we're going to get to all of that after we hear from this episode's sponsor. May's Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our client with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to May's Mortgages for their continued support of the podcast. They support us, they support East Fife. Go and support them for all your mortgage needs. So yeah, it has been a very tumultuous couple of days, 48 hours, maybe not even 48 hours really, the news came out on Monday that his wife, boss Greg McDonald, had resigned, and less than twenty-four hours later, a new man in situ. We needed somebody that could turn the team around, a a management marvel. And in regards to that, the DC Universe has come to methyl,
1: Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> I've seen a lot of dick puns today, but that one might actually top the lot, you know. I, I thought. Cap it oh,
3: I thought I'll go away from the what you're all expecting of a, of a biggest, dickest joke. Anyone that likes Carry On Cleo, dig that one out for your viewing. But yeah, it, he is a superhero that we need at this time, Lee.
1: I think I said to you in the pre chat that I think this is our biggest managerial appointment since Archibald. And I know that that might seem really bold, but I can't think of anybody that's going to come in with that sort of reputation almost. Um, you know, I think that if, if I think of some of the managers that have appointed since then in terms of like John Robertson was a big one mm. and Gary Naismith, obviously a big one. Stevie Crawford um, in his own right, probably a big one. But I mean, Dick's a cult hero in Scottish football. And, you know, you only have to see what he did with Arbroath. You only have to see what he did there. He took a team that was basically a in a seaside league, didn't really achieve anything, and took them to a ball-hair uh, promotion to the Premier League. And I didn't think that we would have a hope in hell of ever attracting a manager of that calibre. But, you know, you, you used to have to read Dick's statement, right? And, he's, and he said that he's, he's always wanted to manage his
2: mm-hmm.
1: And And I think that it's... A major, major, major coup, and for although as much as the board has, has received a lot of shit this year, um, I think that they deserve incredible kudos for pulling us off.
3: Yeah, it, it's a Put it's a deck. big appointment. <laughs> yeah. Oh, see, you're going with all these jokes. I'm I'm <laughs> keeping it professional here. I mean, it, it's such a big signing that Gordon has flown all the way back from Uruguay just to come on the show to to talk about it. I mean, we've heard these rumours for years, Gordon, that any time there's been a vacancy, Dick Campbell's name is always thrown out there, even though he was never going to leave our broth at that point. But he, he it's always been rumoured that he wanted to manage East Fife. And it's like, I never really knew if that was true or if it was just our hearts kind of saying, "Oh, of course he would want to come here as a five man and he, he wants to come here, but... We've got him now. He said it is true. I mean, how excited are you?
0: Oh, really excited by this news. Um, I think in terms of, yeah, what you hear about Dick Campbell and hearing that he's always wanted to manage his wife and I'm in the same boat. Like, you never know, you know, somebody's heard, somebody talked, somebody talked to somebody who talked to Dick and he said this and, you know, you never know. And you never know exactly, you know, does that mean he's ever going to actually want to become a manager? Um, but I, I think it's a fantastic appointment. I think what he did with our growth, like for me, that our growth going from basically bottom of league two to almost getting into the Premier League is the story of my time watching Scottish football. Um, you know, for for us more than a, Gretna. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> take away all these part-time ambitious clubs and all the rest that were just pumping in money. Both didn't do that. I mean, yeah. they they basically just did it the hard way. Um, and for a part-time club to to do that well is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. I mean, even if he doesn't get anywhere near that, at East Fife, I mean, you know, that, that would be complete fantasy. But no, the, the the ambition that we've shown to to go out and get a manager like that, make that kind of appointment, I think is really really exciting. Um and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean I think we should we'll get on to it but I think expectations for this season we should maybe keep a, a you know, keep realistic, but I think that's about as good as good as you can get for where we are.
3: Yeah, I I I'm realistically not thinking we're gonna win the league. Easy top four finish go up in the playoffs. I mean that is clear. We're gonna be unbeaten now for the rest of the season. Surely. Yeah, but, watch out for Yeah. Are coming for you spartans but andrew i mean lee's right but we'll, we'll we'll get a lot more into what what dick can bring to the club after we talk about greg's departure but just initial thoughts on the appointment and did you see this coming
4: um, uh, a, bit, a, a wee bit like the guys No, <laughs> to be honest with you i think um, if you took a poll of these five fans, as we like to say, say sometimes, um, and asked who do you want to be the next manager, I think unanimously everybody would probably say Dick Campbell. Um, obviously every appointment, or generally speaking, most appointments in football can split opinion. For the last time there was the debate between Gary Smith and Greg MacDonald, for example, and people tend to take a side. I can't, certainly not from an East Fife point of view, but I can't think of anybody who will probably more have a unanimous backing than this appointment. Um, and I think not just for the impact on the pitch, I think that for the impact off the pitch, that is massive. I think when a character like that comes into your club, the impact that can make, of course, on the pitch is the priority, but I think throughout the entire pitch, I mean, sorry, the entire club, right down to, down to your level, Lee, but in the commercial sense, for example, I think that the... The potential there is absolutely huge. I think it's going to have won the fans over, which I'd be amazed if we don't have a unanimous backing. So, the the galvanising fact that that can have starting on Saturday will be massive. Um, we've had a lot of criticisms, I guess, on this podcast and speaking to other other fans in the past, or or issues, but I think. This can hopefully now draw a line under that, and we can. I think Dick's statement when I read it initially said we need to all move forward as one and be 100% pulling in the right direction, and I think the appointment in itself will do that. Um, so I'm really, really enthused, and just echo what the guys said to, to the board and everybody who was responsible for making it happen, well done. Um, you've obviously not sort of rested on your laurels. It's been uh, dealt with incredibly quickly, so I assume very professionally, so well done. Amen to get that caliber of, of manager, and who is I think it's pretty much undoubtedly probably the best part-time manager in the country. Um, you I can't think, not be used by that, so I think collectively we just all move on there.
1: There's, what, there's um, Aberdeen fans that wanted him over Neil Warnock, and and that that that's that's a Premier League club saying you know that they would have loved to have had Dick Campbell. I mean, who doesn't want to have a bit of Dick, right? Let's get them all out now. Go hey, That was two. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even mean that one. Um, but no, like for for me, when I found out that that's who we were getting, I actually said audibly, fuck off. No way. I didn't actually think that we would have a chance in hell. But I mean. And then be... they listen to you and they're like, okay,
3: Lee doesn't want him. Let's go for someone else.
1: To be honest, I phoned Willie H.erson, but he, I couldn't get a hold of him. Oh, he's probably uh, out,
3: out on a call or something. Yeah, I tried
1: Billy Aderson, Rab Shannon, um, you know, all the big names. Um, didn't what's what's Gavin
3: doing these days?
1: Yeah, well, Gavin Murray, he did phone me back. Um, he said to say, you're a prick.
3: Um, that I believe.
2: <laughs> but The se- aside, second
0: like, uh, unanimous statement all these five fans have agreed
3: on tonight. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yes gordon
1: welcome back mate. finally to... the
3: board are going to be on board with what we're saying on the show
1: <laughs> but no for, for me like my, i don't know about anybody else but my phone has gone berserk since the announcement that just people texting me and just be like, i can't believe you've got that or i'll be coming across to see a few games etc and, and like from a really selfish standpoint I, like i'm delighted because it makes my job so much easier right mm-hmm. like you know, the amount of people that will just be like, oh, Dick Campbell's your manager. Yeah, I want to get on the hype train now before um, you start stomping up the leagues, you know. Um, so it's an unbelievable coup for the club. But, you know, I'd be lying if that there wasn't, I'm not tinged with sadness that, that Greg's not there anymore. And, you know, pe- people who have been listening to the show for a long time will know that Greg's long been one of my heroes. I had the privilege of working with him. Um, I know he, um, a, a lot of fans were sad to see him go, and, but I'll be honest that I think it was time um, for him to, to move on. But that doesn't mean that I, I don't care um, that, that somebody that is a legend at the club is no longer there um, at the club anymore. Um, and I just want to say out loud thanks to so much to, to Greg for everything he done for us in his time Mass.
3: Yeah, I mean, you've still got that life size pillow at least, so I mean that that will help ease the pain at night. Yeah,
1: but to be honest, it was, it was the same pillow I had the Ryan Wallace, I just sellotaped Greg's face over it, um, so and, and to be honest, I'll just replace it with a bonnet and Dick Campbell's face now. You, you should wash it
3: at some point. Yeah, it's a bit messy. It stands up on its own now. Yeah, it's like a I mean, we, we'll handle more Dick later, we'll we'll get in to Greg's departure because f- for Dick to get in, someone had to, to leave, and that man was Greg McDonald. And as Lee said, a, a legend at East Fife. And it's always dangerous when you come back to a, a club as a, a playing legend, taking on the the reins. We saw it with, with Stevie Kirk. Kind of tarnished that a little bit. Davy Clark's second reign obviously was nowhere good as, as his first. So it it was a dangerous thing to do. There were highs, there were lows. Playoffs last year, you thought, oh, the way that the the club were from January to playoff time, it's like oh, it's turned the corner. Greg's doing things well. Then you've got the cup defeats. You've got the possibly the worst result in our club's history this year, going out of the Scottish Cup to to Dunbar, flirting We we've fallen out of the league, and uh, there's just there's no room for error now down the bottom of, of Scottish football, which is great, and it's what we've wanted for a while. When you're one of those clubs in it, though, it doesn't feel so great. But I thought, Gordon, Greg's farewell message, it was very classy. And a lot of fans were calling for him to resign for a few weeks now, but especially after that game on Saturday, which we'll we'll touch a little bit on the game in a sec. But I I didn't think he would, because why would you walk away, give up a wage... But the fact that he loves the club and he felt, yeah, I don't think I can get them out of this mess and I want the club to do well. Someone else needs to take over. Just the way he worded everything, it was very classy. It's sad to see him go, but a lot of respect for him the way that he did go in the end.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think that was the, that's what I took away from uh, the situation and his, his statement as well. I thought it was a very, very sort of classy statement to put out there. Um, I mean, yeah, just, exactly what you said he's obviously a club legend like modern you know in the in the kind of modern era um i think every every east fan every east five fan feels like that uh, about him as a player um i think you know he comes across as a very kind of decent honest guy i mean he, i think he said in the he has said before that you know if he if he didn't think he was the guy to turn it around that he would he'd walk away and he's you know he's obviously he's obviously got confidence in his own abilities but then you know i think saturday was obviously the kind of tipping point and yeah i mean last season like i said that you know the end to last season was fantastic the run to the playoffs was really good and i think that you know put in and the the signings over the summer i think we all we all kind of were positive about that i think a lot of the results and performances in the league cup were were sort of promising so that it did build up a bit of an expectation and a bit of uh, that that expectation that the good form from last season would uh, continue, but you know, for whatever reason, um, it's just it's really not happened this season. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, it'd be it'd be great if things had gone another way, but that that's that's football. And like you say, there's no maybe maybe in days gone by, the pressure would be less because you can you could say, well, we'll write off this season, and we'll see what we do next year. But you can't do that anymore. And it's same as anywhere in football. If if results go well, manager takes all the credit results are not going well, it's all on the manager's shoulders, uh, shoulders. But um, no, I, ho- I hope um, that you know it's it's kind of parting on good terms, if you like, because yeah, I think every most of these five fans that were that were here during Greg's spell as a, a player are always going to kind of have a soft
3: spot for him. Sounds like you've got a little bit of a Montevideo twang. Now you've been hmm. away for so long. See, see, yeah. <laughs> Luis Suarez, you biting folk? I
0: always, I always like the wee bite.
3: Yeah, who who doesn't? Andrew, just your thoughts on, on Greg, just what he did here, and it feels a little overdue, maybe, that he he could have gone earlier, but just the, the way that this has played out, just your thoughts on that.
1: Yeah,
4: similar um, to Gordon's thoughts overall and Lee's comments earlier, that I think um, the big the big thing for me was always that it didn't get too toxic because I don't think it deserved that. And I think some of the comments were probably um, a bit harsh, to be honest with you. Um, I mean, nobody wins in a situation like this. I mean, Greg obviously wanted to do his absolute best. We all wanted him to do his best. Um, all fans I'm sure wanted him to do his best and I guess when things don't go that way it, it's frustration that comes along with that because the people who do the complaining are ultimately those who absolutely care about the club right? the fans <laughs> in the main and, and sometimes you know the vocal the vocal element can can maybe take things a wee bit too far at points um, I mean I said here though i am not asked you I didn't think he should be the manager anymore because I feel the board but more than fair with them gave him a, a fair crack at the whip Um He's had enough opportunity in terms of time. I mean, I guess if I'm in Greg Donald's shoes, I'm maybe see. maybe I didn't have the budget to do what I really wanted to do or the players weren't responding. But ultimately, these things always fall on the manager. For me, it doesn't take away anything that he's done for the club. And I think to an extent, it's almost, I don't want to say enhanced it, but the fact that he's actually recognised that um, when he came on here a few weeks ago, I have a him saying that if he lost the dressing room, he would walk. Um, and I think from what I saw Saturday's performance and certainly his post-match interview I think he had a, a few choice words for, for the players in general um, and I think at that point when you've kind of chucked them under the bus that kind of speaks volumes and, and that, was, that was kind of that but for me overall obviously it's sad there's, there's never a, it very rarely happens that it's a positive that your manager's been taken away for being a huge success which brings its own upset mm-hmm. normally when a manager goes it's, it's everyone's kind of feeling it because the, the team's generally speaking struggling but overall doesn't take anything away absolutely always a legend um, And but to be honest I think Greg obviously is very intelligent and, and he realised himself that, that enough was enough um, and it could have got a wee bit more nasty had it, he had it kind of hang on for a bit. So fair play to him for absolutely giving his all for the, for the club, both as player and manager, and even fair play to him for saying, right, okay, I've maybe gone as far as I can with this. Um, and his statement was really, really good. So there's no sort of long-term negatives or anything from my point of view, I think. Um, all respect to him.
3: Lee, we were chatting after that that game on Saturday about Greg's comments it felt that was the end, that there wasn't any questions about next week. And uh, as War says there, it's like threw the players under the bus. And I always remember speaking to one of the coaches here and he we said, why, why are you sticking up for certain guys who are playing stinkers? And he said, as soon as you publicly criticise a player or players, you lose the dressing room. And he said, I will always take the blame first, even when I know it's not my fault and it's been them. So as soon as Greg was saying st- very true but harsh comments about the players a- after that game on Saturday, and you you were up at that game, and yeah. it seemed dreadful. It, it it just seemed that there was it, just nothing it, there.
1: It wasn't even as good as Shite, Michael, honestly. Like, I, I've put in a lot of miles mm-hmm. sporting East Fife this year, I've been to Wales, I've been to Elgin twice, I've been to Stranra, like you know there'll, there'll not be many f- fans that have done the, the traveling that that have done um this year that was bad and it, it hasn't been great um for a long time and if if we're honest you know i, I think the time was right for the change um a, a few of the players on saturday looked like the down tools and i was on commentary um and it was all, and you know, you only have to listen to the highlights. I barely said a word, which isn't ideal for a commentator because it's there, there was nothing to say. You know, mm. there was there, we didn't create anything. We looked devoid of ideas. You know, I seen a stat that was um, shared to me um, from a friend in football that were
3: one of the the biggest long ball teams in the country and yeah, you know, like I think... fifth or sixth d- towards the bottom, Bonnie Rig bottom. But then we're not yeah. far above them.
1: Yeah, and you know, it just, it wasn't the style of play that we seen when Greg came in and it wasn't the style of play that got us into the playoffs last year. And it was almost like the players were just like, oh, I'll just punt along to fashion and hope for the best. And it just, it wasn't an attractive style of football. It wasn't good to watch. Um, and, you know, it's, it was time. Um, I think it was time for, for me personally, um it it doesn't change anything. I think I put it on both Facebook and Twitter yesterday. I'll always be a legend at the yeah. club. Take take out the emotion of how you feel about the how the last six months has gone. Um, six months doesn't take, negate and a further nine and a half years of effort and blood and sweat and tears that he's put into this club. That guy would would be working literally four or five days a week for these five, um, if not longer than that. Taking calls, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, just like Darren Young did before him, just like but Gary Naismith and Barry Smith did before, these guys pour their hearts into the club. And particularly for somebody like Greg, who who already had that love for the club. Now, I'm not going to shy away from the fact that I backed him to the help to get this job. I backed him um, when uh, Darren left, I backed him when Stevie left. So, you know, I had a, a vested interest in his success, you know, um, from, a, from a personal standpoint, you know, you always want to see your heroes succeed. It just wasn't to be. Um, but, you know, we move, as the the kids say these days, and we've made an incredible appointment, and that's, that's all we can do.
3: I mean, it's sad with you backing Greg so much that you are having to resign from the podcast now, but, I mean, we appreciate you coming on to say your farewell, but
1: yeah, it's, it's been a pleasure. Um, you know, I've, I've loved this podcast and supported this podcast since I was a kid. Um, it was the podcast that my, gr- my father grew up supporting and he used to take me along to their games um, when I was wee. Um, so it's, it's been a difficult decision for me, but I'd like to take <laughs> this opportunity to thank the fans for the opportunity.
3: The, I, I, I won't name either party here, but there was a fan that spoke to a player after the game on Saturday in I think the social club and they were just talking about the game and the player said, we'd no fucking idea what system we were meant to be playing out there today. And it's like, that's damning. And th- there's been other things like we, we've heard in one of the home games recently, I can't remember which one it was, Fash had come over and Greg was telling him to to do something. And Fash is like, no, no, we we don't need to do that. And it's like, if you've got the players challenging the manager, you've already kind of lost the dressing room a little bit. So I personally think if we had been in a better financial position, the Dunbar game would probably have been a game where a board would say, yeah, we kind of maybe need to, to look for something new here. There was always those little glimmers, Gordon, that we were going to turn it around. And we didn't have you or Lee on the, the show last week when we were talking about this. But it just, we had a few, not even false dawns, because there was like draws or just beating teams that we should be beating because they're crap. But it just never kicked on from there for whatever reason. And I think anyone that saw the highlights even of that, that Elgin game, you're in a battle. To, to make sure you don't go down, and Elgin's one of the teams that everyone's like, "Oh, it's fine." Elgin's way worse than us, and then they come away with three points. Yeah, I, I was up Elgin as well, and oh, uh, poor the, you, poor p- you! Yeah, it's like I admire that. It's like it was, it was funny education
1: or stupidity, Gordon?
0: Um Well, after like two months Of just not going to the football, I was actually mm. looking forward to going to Elgin, which so stupidity then. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and I felt stupid on the way back down. Um, <laughs> the the two big things that I took away for that game were pretty much things you mentioned. That first of all, you're like, what are we trying to do here? Um, it seemed like the only thing, the only thing we were doing was just sort of now and again, just trying a a long ball or a, a kind of worldy at some point, and that was it. Um, you know, there didn't seem to be, we didn't seem to be playing with any real kind of strategy, any tactics. You, you didn't know what we were trying to do. That was very clear. Um, and one was just how outfought we were. Elgin completely out-fought us. Um, really, I think it's down to Alan Fleming that we didn't get beat by a lot more. Um, but, you know, you've got Elgin fans saying that's their best performance of the season and that's the best performance i have seen in ages. And... <laughs> Yeah. You know, still I st- I, st- I still think they're a terrible team. You know, if that's the best you've seen of your team in ages you're still a poor team. We were just utterly terrible. I mean, I, I was saying during the game, it's just like it feels like one you no know, one bit of quality. And and we can nick someone here. We won't deserve it, but it feels like we really could have nicked someone with one piece of quality. And the, the reality is that quality just never arrived. I mean it really did to me it looked like a team that didn't know what they were doing, weren't up for it, and you know, like you say, had had kinda, you know, down tools, chucked it a little bit. Um you know, of course when you know, if you're a player and you don't feel that the manager's doing a good job, I I completely understand how it's it becomes increasingly difficult to perform. At your, at your best um, at the same time as well I think as a fan you sometimes look at some of these performances and think yeah you know players have got to take it's not all the manager I mean players have certain. I think some players have certainly yeah. got to look at themselves and say you know are you giving as much as you should be are you performing the way you should be um, and I think there's a good number of players who if they're being honest will say probably not now I think that all goes you know it's New manager, new regime, all behind us, all the rest of it. But I think you know, certainly, I don't think someone like Dick Campbell will have any sentiment at all when it comes to the summer. There'll be no sentiment for players that are not pulling their weight. So, oh, there'll be a huge kick up the ass for some of these guys. I I think if there's a good, I mean, I think I said when I came home from Melbourne, it was one of the first things I said. I was like, you know, you're looking through the the, you know, the squad that we've got right now. How many players would I be upset about losing in the summer? And I think I got to two.
1: That was
0: they? One, def- the definite Alan Fleming. Mm. I think all- through it all, um, Alan Fleming. Fleming. I would yeah, <laughs> <yeah, I judged>. to <laughs> he did that offer us just- some protection. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, you know, no matter how bad we play, you're like, oh, it would have been worse if it wasn't for Fleming. Um, it could have been three or four. If it wasn't for Alan
3: Fleming on Saturday, you feel like that's every week. Um, if anyone writes and, a a book about the season, that's what it's going to be called. It could have been worse if it wasn't for Alan Fleming. Yeah, yeah, and 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 Sean Docherty, I think. I think you know, I've never I've never come away
0: from a game thinking that you know he didn't put enough in or he didn't have a a reasonable game. I think he's been quite solid. You know, he's a young guy, first season in senior football. For me, he's done enough. For me to say, I, I I want to see him next year. I think everyone else really is either, you know, teetering not that my opinion is going to carry that much weight—but teetering on on the brink or already well into no territory. Mm. So I I think, you know, as as much as we can point, as much as um, Greg McDonald has kind of taken the bullet, I think there's a lot of players out there who need to do better.
2: Well,
1: I think um, docker is already signed for next season. He signed an extension earlier on, so he'd be happy with that. But mm. I'm surprised you didn't mention Nathan Austin.
3: I was going to say Fash as well. I mean, oh, obviously he
0: is here next year. Uh That's exactly what I did. I got to two, and then I was like, "Oh no, yeah, Fash as well." I mean, his Keys. Conor McManus. I mean, if he went, you know, would I be totally gutted? I honestly don't think I would. Like, I might. I'm not saying I wouldn't keep him, but. You know, you've got a list of players where you're like, oh, if he goes this this summer, you know, that that's a big blow." we got to admit that. Honestly, outside of those three, I'm not
3: saying I'd, I'd, I'd get rid of everybody, but I don't think I'd be that bothered. I mean, we, we said in the show last time that if you look at what Fash is doing on a shit team, imagine if he had service, what he could be doing now that he's kind of not maybe fully back to what he was years ago, but he's, like, firing on all cylinders. And he's been ploughing a loan furrow. And the gaps between the midfield and him has been getting bigger and bigger, and he's having to track back and everything like that. So I'm excited to see what can get done. The, the problem, War, is the transfer window is shut. There's still the loan market. But if this had come a couple of weeks ago, I mean, we don't know if there's any money for transfers you'd imagine if there was there would have been some by now and I'm sure Dick and his team are not going to be coming cheap but we're limited as to what we can do now but at least we're going to have a manager that has got so many contacts in the game
4: yeah, hundred um, percent. I think probably between now and the end of the season, obviously, was about to say saying. The, the number one priority is staying in the league, mm-hmm. and then having a review and with a plan of building towards next season. I think I don't think the fact that we've got Dick Campbell in the doors would really, sadly mean that we've suddenly got loads of money to spend. That we have probably got less because a lot will be going to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but fair enough, no issue with that. Um, I think well one of his main skills will be using his vast contacts and building a team from a small budget now a lot of people might go look at the current Arbroath side or the Arbroath side they left and say well they were on X amount per week at that level but the reason that Arbroath were paying players X amount per week in the Championship to be the best part-time team in the country was because of what Dick Campbell did to take them from League 2 to that position and the money that that generated unless I, there's something I'm missing but I wouldn't have thought that the budget that Dick Campbell had when he went in at Arbroath would be massively different to what he's probably going to have at East Fife but you're right to that extent the transfer window is closed so he's going to have to go with these players and again it's probably why it's another reason that's a very good appointment because if you brought in somebody who's maybe a bit less experienced and you've got I'm not saying there's problems in the dressing room but if you've got a, a squad that potentially a, a, a big number of downed tools for the previous manager it's very hard to, to like a switch off and then back on again so I'm led to believe that Campbell's an incredibly good motivator and character, which kind of comes across. So it be very, very interesting to see how this group of players who have more or less switched off based on Saturday and some from previous efforts or lack of, uh, when Saturday comes, it'll be really good just to see what differences there are and perhaps in some individuals, just to see who he puts on the pitch, see if there's any tweaks to the, the shape. Um and it'll just be really interesting, and, and I obviously hope we get that new manager bounce and that bit of motivation. And um, for the first time in a long time, I'm genuinely looking forward to winning
3: the game. Yeah, I think that from just reading, we're recording this pretty soon after the announcement, but just from reading the initial reaction, it, it's definitely the enthusiasm, the feel-good factor, whatever you want to call it, it, it's back at the moment. We have to then see that turn into things on the pitch, but just raise a little can for Greg, you can't see the can because I've got a background on and it's a green can I'm holding so that hasn't worked good but yeah I I wish it had worked out better for him and sadly it hasn't and I don't know what he'll do next but obviously we wish him all, all the very best in, in that regard now I can hold my can up it's Sapsucker, you'll like this Lee it is organic sparkling tree water. When did you
1: become a hipster? <laughs>
3: I said to Caitlin, to I'm going to mention this during the show, and you're going to be like, you fucking changed, man. You have. I don't even know who you are anymore. <laughs> it's lime flavored. <laughs> flavor? um, and it's lime, and it's uh, sweetened with maple syrup. So
1: uh, it's healthy, but it'll make your teeth fall out.
3: But, uh, only seven grams of sugar. Just the seven.
1: Mm. Great. Yeah. But yeah, just, just to him. Um, <laughs> We're not sponsored say, by, roadies sap roadies sucker, roadies but... by Sapsucker. Not uh, by Maybe they yeah. could be the new shirt sponsor for Dick's first season. But yeah, just just echoing your sentiment. Um, Greg, if you're listening to this, you probably are far enough away from East Fife now that you probably don't give a flying France. Um, but um, yeah, all the best and whatever you decide that your your next move is going to be. And hopefully we could get you back on the show um in the future to to talk about your time and, and where did it all go wrong
3: yeah i i mean he felt he could turn it around and that was why he came on the show and he put forward his plan and then it's just started decent this year but then the, the wheels were coming off so i mean it th- this has come at the right time and for for all my jokes at the the start about needing a marvel and stuff like that this had to be the right appointment lee it had to be somebody experienced. We couldn't go with another inexperienced guy because you've got Ian McCall at Clyde and they are throwing everything at it just now. It's you, not you see working. Yeah, see Like, signed
1: today? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like,
3: <laughs> I mean, these are guys that are clearly just signed to the end of the season. It's like, we've got to do everything to stay up. Because yeah. if I mean, they go really down. They're not getting the
1: results that they expected them to get yet. Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, Valentine's are, he played. I'm sure he played for Montrose last season. But uh, that, that's the
3: problem, though, if you're bringing so many new guys, you've got to, it's going to take a while to get chemistry. This is basically like January for this team has been pre season, but it's pre season that means something. And now you've got all these guys, and they've got to find chemistry, they've got to find rapport, they've got to be doing it. And it still might take a few weeks. But they are clearly throwing everything at it. Elgin have come out and said, basically, yeah, we we want to stay up. We don't want to go back to the Highland League. So they're making a, a run of things as well and they're picking up points here and there and crucial points. So, I mean, things aren't totally safe for us yet. I was maybe a little bit optimistic on the last show and I said, ah, oh, we don't need to be looking over our shoulder. But we, we, still, we still do, realistically. But th- this needed to be... A unifying appointment for the fans, for the players, the board as well. I, I think Dick can be that. I'm sure there'll be some speed bumps al- along the way as well, but w- we had to get an experienced guy in just now.
1: And um, I think that, like that, there's there's no getting away from that. that Campbell is the perfect appointment for us. Absolutely, no getting away from that. I don't think it's just what he'll bring in terms of the team and being able to attract players and media spotlight and all that sort of stuff from, from a personal standpoint, I know that he's going to make commercially the job so much easier because you yeah. will pack the hospitality every week. It will be packed. What does that mean? You know, I could be up there. I could be raffling off saying shirts, be raffling off saying balls, all this sort of stuff that will help us as a, a club enormously financially. And what happens when you make more money, you can spend more money what happens when you spend more money you get better players and these things will happen naturally through attrition right? so I think that it's it's incredible um, in terms of appointment I think also the contacts that his brother will bring us in terms of being able to uh, bring in people that they know that will invest in football and I think that should the community buyout um, pull through as well having somebody with Dick's experience at the head of that mm-hmm. um, is, it, it could be you know exactly what we're looking for, because all that that's going to do is that that should give them a pretty much a running start. Yeah. Uh, well, it's
3: also like fun, fundraising. You've got an after dinner speaker. Yeah. That folk will want to come out and hear. Yeah. So I, I mean, from well, a commercial point of view, for
1: example, everybody will want to go back because will know Dick will get up and say something, right? Yeah. So it's it's just. It's a match made in heaven. He wanted to manage us. We wanted us to man- uh, him to manage us. I- I- I'm actually excited for Saturday. Not that I think Saturday is going to change because we're playing the team that haven't lost um, in like 13 games or whatever it is. Yeah, now.
3: they're on for a record or something.
1: Let's fucking batter them on Saturday. See if Gary Naismith does his knees like this time. <laughs> um, just joking, Gary, if you're listening, I love you. But it's just like, a, it's one of those things where... We've got the opportunity, like, I think we'll get more fans on the gate on Saturday. We'll it'll be really interested to see the lift in the gate. Um, Which I'm hoping to see Can he bring in A couple of players Between now and Saturday I'm sure that he could Probably pick up The the phone uh, To his old mates At Arbroath You know Is Mark still Getting a game Could we get him on loan You know These are the sort of guys That you know We probably would have Had a good chance Of of being able to attract And Dick will know What they're on Could we bring them in Can he get some businesses Maybe to say Right actually You want to know what We need to bring these players Club doesn't have the cash Will you fit the bill For some sponsorship These are the sort of things That he could bring Excited Doesn't even cover it
3: I think it's great having the home game because you can build on this, you can build on the buzz. What's Bobby Lynn doing these days?
1: Plays for... What's his face? Johnny
3: Smart's team in Dundee. Oh, is he still at Lockie United? Yeah, all right. Ah, well, just reunite everyone, get Smarty back as well. Mm. We like old centre-backs, so it'll work. Talking of age, Gordon... Is there any concerns that we've appointed a seventy-year-old? Nah, I mean, not not for me.
1: Given a ten year
3: contract, I yeah. Mean, have you yeah, said I, but, what the
1: contract is? I believe it's a year and a half.
3: Okay, that's that's sensible. Like it's it's
0: modern football. You don't bring in a manager to be there here for the next twenty-five years. Um, you know, if, that, if,
3: that would be pushing it for Dick.
0: Yeah, um, you know, if he if he's if he's enthusiastic and wants to do the job and feels he can do it, I mean, you know, he's w- what he's done. Appreciate, you know, obviously our growth fell off a little bit from that peak, but that was always going to happen. That was, I mean, it was ridiculous that that they even got to that. It was all they were always going to come down. Um, and I know a few our broth fans kind of felt like, oh, you know, his time at our broth had kind of come to an end, but. You know, you're only talking about the last few years that he's achieved what he achieved. I mean, I don't think he's I don't think he's gone from like the hottest proper hottest managerial property in Scottish football at sixty eight to over the hill at seventy. I think I think he'll be fine. I think he'll bring a, a youthful vigour
3: <laughs> to the role. Yeah, I mean, what well, he he's been there, he's done it, he's won championships, he's won promotions, and. Obviously, being funny at the start about us getting in the playoffs, it could still happen, but right now it's about consolidation and looking ahead to next year. What are you excited to see from him in these first couple of games?
4: Uh, for me, I, I know we spoke the last time about a reaction from the players. I'll be very interested to see how the players react um, and just to see what he does because. Um, I guess managers will have loyalties to certain individuals perhaps and to certain systems or, or stubbornness to play a certain way, or maybe not change things. So for me, just a fresh outlook in terms of setup for the game. Um, is he going to change any personnel? Is he going to change the shape, the system? How's he going to simple things like how are we going to manage substitutions? <laughs> is he going to motivate guys that have been maybe coasting? and how's that going to, you know, sort of come to fruition? And I guess Hopefully get a reaction out of the players to say, look, you've got a trial between now and the end of the season. And that's what I'm ultimately basing things on. Because I think it was Aaron made the point in the last podcast about managers at this stage are naturally already thinking towards the summer. Um, so if you take Campbell, you're going to come in and say, hey, you're in this position and you're in this position for a reason. Now obviously part of that's managerial, hence why it's been a change, but there are obviously a lot of other factors involved in there as well. So if you're coming in, you want to look at it, you're going to say, well, who have I got? Who can I trust? Who's got the ability? And who do I know that I can get who is better than that? Um, and for me that that's that's the big thing. Absolutely consolidate this season, but let's let's just actually see some proper, did I say it, old school management, um, to get mm-hmm. a reaction and um and that's and I mean that in a positive way by saying yeah. old school management. No, I, I. it's the oh, same, like,
3: he, he's a oh, boss that, he doesn't suffer fools gladly. And it's like, if there's any player not pulling their weight, they are just going to be out of the team and soon out the door. And that's what we've needed. It's, but, I mean, Lee, what, what do you think we're going to see from a Dick Campbell team? Like, formation-wise, considering the squad that we've got and who can play where, are you expecting big big changes from from what we saw with greg personnel wise i am expecting a, a lot more attack minded football
1: um i'm expecting mike bassett and today gentlemen will be playing <laughs> four four fucking two yeah um, so uh, i would be very surprised if it's not that. Um, to be perfectly honest, which suits me, you know, like I'm a traditionalist, I like 4 4 2. Um, but I think what we will see is no long ball and uh, the ball will get into Nathan Nelson's feet. What I'm really interested to see though is, is I kind of feel, and this you could take this as a criticism, Greg, if you're listening, but I kind of feel like Greg shoehorned players into the team. It, it, we, we, we played a system to fit the players we had rather than having players to fit a system. So I think that, for example, we had Miller, McManus, Walls, Troughton, four centre midfielders all wanting to fight for similar positions. If we go to 4 for 2 there's only two of those players going to get picked for that. So who does he pick that, that he feels is going to fit his system? Now, do I feel like Conor McManus is a Dick Campbell player? No, I don't. Do I think that Alan Troughton is a Dick Campbell player? not in the centre of the pack. I think you might see him take Ciaran um, Mitchell and Ciaran and, uh, Miller, sorry, and, and Brogan Walls in the middle of the pack. But, you know, I'd be very interested to see that. We've obviously got the new boy Hamilton in um, Healy, who I think will likely be on the wings. And then will he play Shepherd and Fash up top together? Will he play Fash and maybe Trouton up top together? Um, so I think that there's... Saturday will be interesting. You know... If, if we play anything other than 4 4 I'll be absolutely astonished. Um, but, you know, Dick Campbell's teams are renowned for that. It's got them up through the leagues. So I think it'll... Put it this way. With Dick at the helm, I'm not concerned we'll go down now. Yeah. I, th- I think we'll, we'll have enough to stay up. And if somebody offered me nine ninth right now, bite your hand off for of that.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I mean, right now, we just have to get this season over. Still be a league club with signs of improvement, Gordon. Signs that we've made inroads so that, come May, we know exactly what players we're going to want to keep. We know what we need to improve upon. And I, I'm genuinely excited to see what the next couple of weeks look like under him. I'm looking forward to now taking a game in in March because I was kind of like, ah, oh, this is going to be... I'll, I'll go along, obviously, but it's like... uh. Eh. <laughs> But now it's like, oh, maybe I'll, I'll even go up to the Peterhead game away from home. That might still be pushing it a bit. We'll, we'll kind of see how they're playing the next few weeks. But it's going to be exciting. And like, I, I think of a player like Jack Healy. And Dick Campbell is either going to be the making or the breaking of him, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, I was actually thinking about uh, how Jack Healy would, um, you know, kind of respond to being managed by Dick Campbell. I think everything you hear about Dick Campbell um you know, I remember back in, particularly back at the start, the sort of start of the pandemic days, we just listened to like tons and tons of Scottish football podcasts. You know, if anybody is on a, if any player or ex-player is on a podcast that's been managed by Dick Campbell, they've got a, they've got a mental story about training of what something Dick Campbell did or said. Um, so he's obviously a character, and you know, I think for a lot of the players, there's there's probably got to be a bit of kind of excitement about that. And I think you know, first thing is it's a clean slate for the players and maybe you know maybe that's as important as anything else. Maybe just this chance to kind of reset new manager, new way of thinking, new chance to prove yourself. That's probably good for a lot of them. Um I want to see a bit of an impact in terms of like, you know, just effort and attitude. Like, you know, that's what a lot of new manager bounces maybe are. Um, you know, it just kind of re energizes people a little bit. In terms of the rest of the season, yeah, I'm a lot more confident that we won't, uh, you know, bringing in someone experienced, someone in Dick Campbell's sort of calibre. Yeah, I'm a lot more confident that we don't need to worry about finishing tenth. Um, so yeah, you want to see that a bit of that initial reaction, and yeah, totally agree, The rest of the season, you know, as long as as long as we're fine and we're, you know, we're known we're no near the bottom, then it's really mostly about i suppose given him that opportunity to to assess the squad decide who he wants to keep decide where he needs to improve for next year um and yeah i suppose to you know to get the players a little bit used to whatever whatever kind of system and yeah i think i agree with lee the first thought was it's going to be 442 and it's going to be probably be a little bit kind of simpler in that way there's mm-hmm. maybe not going to be anything you know you know what you you know how we're going to play you know players know what they're going to what's expected of them and I which think it needs it, it's like we're it
3: like... we're fourth tier scottish football he knows how to win at this level and i know it's changed a little bit and you've got clubs coming in and stuff but he knows how to win and he's shown that he can hold his own in the second tier of scottish football against full-time teams so he knows how to get results he knows how to get the best out of players and i think that's what we're needing for this group just now because we've spoken since the summer this is a squad that shouldn't be where it is because on paper this is a good squad and it's either the players haven't risen to the occasion the system hasn't suited them greg couldn't get the best out of them or whatever and now we've got a chance to see what they are made of and the the other thing, War, as well, is we've now got a buzz about the club. We, it's mentioned on the BBC tonight that, that Dick had taken over. You're going to have the newspapers, media is going to be interested in the club now. It was kind of one of the reasons that I thought Kenny Miller, when he had applied for the job, at Greg's time, I think it was, that would have been a decent appointment from a, what that would have brought to the club in terms of publicity and... And players want to be at a club that's in the papers that's getting covered as well. We saw that in the Archibald era. It's like he had players all over the sun constantly. So, I mean, from that point of view as well, it's a great appointment.
4: Definitely. Um, I think on that note, we've probably had quite a few players that up until probably today <laughs> were probably, dare I say, not asked if they were going to be here next year or not. Um, and yeah. that's a reflection. And a few performances. So now, what we're probably going to have to your point, Mike, is a culture at the club that people are thinking, "Actually, hold on, the now. I want to be part of that. I want to. Be, I want to play for this manager. I want to be involved in a team that's going in the right direction." So it's. about between now and the end of the season to help my game to make sure I'm here. Um, and I think that that's a, a huge, huge factor, and and I dare say his reputation will go before him. And I mean that's a positive reputation, that if we brought in someone else, who's maybe a rookie, um, they might not have had that same sort of impact. Somebody like a Kenny Miller might have, because of what he's done in the game as a player. But certainly, yeah. Listen, to, that. to me, there are no negatives in the Dick Campbell appointment. I think he will get the most out of what's there, hopefully. Um, and I'm, that's probably the thing I'm looking forward to seeing the most is how big a change there can be. I mean, players to the point you made about the individuals in the supporters club after the game on Saturday, it, it's just a basic fact of football that players like simple instructions. Mm-hmm. If things are overly complicated or players don't understand the system or they don't know what their job is, it's never really going to be a success. And the one thing for me, from the outside looking in, whenever it's been Dick Campbell, whether it was at Arboros or Forfa, before that, it was always pretty straightforward stuff but very, very hard to beat, well organised, never got hammered by anybody and we're always generally speaking the better the two sides on the pitch at any one time so um, really looking forward to it and I think think it's a great appointment
3: I I just have one slight possible concern, it's a big hypothetical concern and hopefully it doesn't come to pass which is we know he's a demanding character to the players, I'm sure he'll be a demanding character to the board as well and I'm sure there's been discussions He's been watching the team for the the last few weeks, by all accounts, from stuff that I've read as well. But I I just, and the initial statement said he was impressed by the board's ambition. But we know we've no money. Things will improve if he can pack hospitality and do all these things and stuff that he did, get sponsorship deals and Lee and Scott's life will hopefully be a, a lot easier. It's just like, here, sign here, guys, there you go. I, I just hope his ambition does match the board's ambition. And in particular, if this takeover goes ahead, Lee, which it's looking very positive, that we have the funds that will see the ambition and the board and everything have the, the smooth relationship that we all hope for.
2: Eh.
1: <laughs> Great question, Michael. Um, yeah, I think that Dick is a a man that knows what he wants um, and he will want us to match that ambition. I'm pretty sure that the conversations that have been had um, about what his expectancies are for everything from player bonuses to budgets for next season. But equally, you know, if what I understand about Dick Campbell from his time at Abro is true, he can manufacture his own budget because he'll be able to bring in the revenue that will back it. So it's all very well um, him talking the talk he's also got to walk the walk right so if he's come in and said I want X and this is what I'm going to bring you X going to give it to you um, then we really got to hope that he does deliver on what he said he's going to deliver but I mean next year if we survive right let's be honest Peter Header going up and whoever finishes ninth in uh, League 1 staying up because there's nobody in League 2 that's good enough to to go up in my humble opinion that means you're going to have potentially say East Kilbride or Elgin Clyde, who are throwing money about, like, confetti. You're going to have Spartans, who will have another goal. Bonnie League, who will have a goal. You'll have um, Dumbarton, you know, who will be there or thereabouts. Next year's league's going to be even tighter. But, you know, if anybody knows how to get out of league Two, there's not a single manager that's coming up that knows this league better than Dick.
3: Yeah. And yet you do have to hope, Gordon, that uh, that's maybe been a discussion if Dick says, right, I can bring this money in. If I bring this money in, I want it for my budget. Because I, I, that's a fair deal.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think... <clears throat> obviously, there was a lot of talk about Dick Campbell coming in and you know rumours and all the rest of it. And, you know, I think what people had been saying was that there were potential stumbling blocks and that one is the money that he might want to be paid and the other one is that it might not be... Uh, You know, it might not be a massive fan of being told that there's no money to improve the squad. But I think what you can do as a club in that that situation is sort of make the case, well, right, yeah, we don't have very much right now, but we want to back you. And if you back yourself, if you can get things turned around and we're going in the right direction and that means more money coming in, then that's going to be available to you. I I would imagine that's something that, you know, is a bit of a no-brainer for the club to get in someone like Dick Campbell and and probably something that he's expecting and you know I, I you know I, I'm sure he's not expecting that okay the situation this season is there's no money to bring anyone in. I'm sure he's not expecting that to be continuing on in the, the you know next season and season after and all the rest of it. So yeah, that makes sense. Let's get everything going in the right direction and when we do and when that money's available, then
3: yeah, we can use that on on players. That's the ideal. Do you feel the same more? I mean, you said you didn't really have any major concerns just in general. I I mean, that's a hypothetical one. It might not come to pass. And so far, like that statement, the most surprising thing about that statement is he said, the board's ambitious. And I was like, did he talk to the same club?
4: (laughs) Um, To me, I think if he's demanding, that's a really positive thing. Um, I think you need somebody who's going to drive standards as long as demands are completely unrealistic. Mm-hmm. Um, I would much rather have somebody who's like that as a character than somebody who's going to turn up and be a yes man.
3: Yeah, And
4: the board are going to say, we've not got it, and they're going to go, all right, thanks. So Dick Campbell knows, we've all sat here and said, Dick Campbell knows exactly what needs to be done. And now do any manager's obviously going to ask for more money and more money and more money because they'll always think if they can get, a, obviously, a higher quality of players, you're going to do better. That goes without say, But... Um, for me, if that's driving standards in the right direction, by asking for a bit more money, then I think that's absolutely fine, as long as it's not ridiculous and, and again, comes back to his experience he has worked with smaller budgets previously at Arbor etc, so he will have his feet on the ground, I would imagine he can't be buying the sky stuff and to me, if we're saying he has the ability, and I'm sure he does and will, to bring money in, I think it's absolutely right that he should have that to spend um, I don't see what the reason for that not being allowed to happen um, would be. Um, so that's my thoughts on that. In terms of the ambition of the board, yeah, I, th- I thought that was a really interesting comment as well. I don't want to sit here and say the board had no ambition because, as we've previously said, there are always five people and anyone who's got the club's interests at heart want us to be as successful as possible. But with the timing of the proposed takeover um, and the question marks over that, coupled with a guess of presented some form of vision to Dick Campbell. And, but that could be, for all we know, as simple as, can you just do for us what you did to our growth, please? Yeah. <laughs> we just don't. Which know. I think
3: we would all take. We've all said, ultimately for a club like us, being the best part-time team in Scotland is the ultimate goal and a, a, a steady championship side as well.
4: And that, that's not unrealistic. And, no. and I think clubs like ourselves are um, our growth, Aloa Montrose, Forfa, you could go on and on for years, bobbing around the sort of bottom two divisions, and then you get the odd wee shot in the championship level. Um, it's a long time, nineteen ninety-six, since the last time we were up there, and and we're due a shot. And this is a hopefully a chance to at least get the the really good foundations in place to to make that happen. And, and as I've said already, and as we've all agreed, I don't think you could handpick a better individual to not just steady the ship just now, but get us in
3: the right direction for that to happen, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, I don't think we can say too much more on it just now. I think you can tell all of us are very excited. The fan base is too. We'll give them a couple of weeks and we'll we'll see what the team's looking like. I don't think we can judge too much from the first game, especially considering the opposition that we've got as well. It's a tough spell of games that's coming up. So this is like a baptism of fire for him to see what he can get out of this squad. But, again, that's the kind of test that you need. That's the kind of test that you want. And I'm sure he's going to relish it. I mean, hopefully we can maybe get a chat with him at some point, Lee, on the on the podcast. And I already know the first three questions I want to ask him. So, I mean, as mentioned, I'm coming over in March. Maybe we could do a live podcast out of, out of Bayview.
1: That's probably our best chance, maybe doing a live one.
3: Yeah, that'd be a lot of fun. Could be a nice little fundraiser as well. Could even do it for the... The supporter society which yeah. brings me nicely on to the last thing i think we should talk about Set exciting waiting. news coming out that an agreement has been reached in principle for the east five supporter society to buy the shares of the the main shareholder at the club are we still using that term we're not actually naming whoever it is but let's
1: call him voldemort he who shall not be named yes
3: But, I mean, it's exciting times. We're on the precipice of something that we've wanted for a long time. And there's a lot more details still to get fleshed out. And basically, they just need as many fans that can afford to support this to support it just now. And the appointment of of Dick Campbell is going to help that massively as well. But just, it it felt at times, I think, Lee, that this day wasn't going to come that the, this was never going to get sold. And now yeah. we're on the verge of this becoming a reality.
1: Let me preface what I'm going to say by apologising to the Sports Society because I did say they could come on our next show, but unfortunately that was before we knew about the manager and about this situation. But look, I think the best thing to do is to, to have them on the show in the, the next mm-hmm. week or so. Um, speak to them about what their ideas and what their visions are. Obviously a lot of the things they can't share, but I think it's important that we give them a, a platform as a, a fan's podcast um to to do so and and like michael rightly said you know let's let's back it I've, I've backed it from the get-go I've, I still have questions um I still want this to be the right thing for the club um but like I say I have backed it um since t- since they were asking for donations and I, and I hope that all these five fans do it's it's our only chance that we're ever going to have to to get the shareholder out and I think that we need to take it
3: Gordon, just your thoughts on the news that it's now close to becoming reality, we're close to becoming fan-owned.
0: Yeah, really encouraging, really exciting. I think uh, I was in the same boat where you you know that they're working towards this, but there's a part of you that, you know, doesn't really let yourself believe it's going to happen. So I think that's really good. Um, I think, you know, similar to what Lee was saying, it's not... um, you know, I think they're still, I'm the same as a lot of people, I think I still want to hear a bit more. Um, and I know from chats that we've had and speaking to people that there, there are people in a, a similar situation where they want a bit more before, maybe before they, they give their kind of feel back into it. Um, but I think ultimately, yeah, like Lee said, this is potentially the only chance we're going to get. Um, things might not be perfect, but they will be a hell of a lot better. Um, than they are right now. And I, th- I think a big thing for me is even if people have concerns about support society or what's happening or how things are being done, you know, the, the fundamental principle of this is if you're in the support society, you know, if this if this happens, then you get a say in how mm-hmm. the club is run. You get a say in who runs the support society. You'll get a say in all these things. Like, we'll get a say. And we, as these five fans, we've never had a say. Um so I think if, yeah, I mean, I've I've signed up. I've been a member of the Trust and the Society for ages. Um, kind of, yeah, I read the messages going around and was like, yeah, let's bite the bullet. Let's sign up and, you know, get the pledge going. And I think if there are people, if there are people who are on the fence and about, you know, if they, if they can pledge whatever they can pledge, um, if you're on the fence about it, I think really I would I would encourage people to, to get behind it because this is this is a this is a chance we've
3: got. Um, yeah. yeah and we have never had that say before and I I remember going with Eugene Clark to speak to the, the board when we were launching the, the trust many years ago and we had hopes, we had ambitions. It kind of felt the longer it went on it was like pie in the sky that we'd ever really get this opportunity. And then the trust kind of died a slow death, really, because it didn't look like it was going to happen. And then it almost feels like from nowhere it sparked back up again, War. And now very close to fan-owned club. The hard work's going to start after that, obviously. But it, it's with that and the Campbell news, it feels a really good time to be an East Five fan. Whereas a couple of weeks ago, you may not have said that.
4: Yeah, totally agree. Um I think on the supporter society side of things, there are obviously a lot of questions and I guess to some extent there has been some criticism from some in the past, but for what it's worth, I think the guys who've actually got around the table or brought this to the table to actually make it even a question of a reality deserve a load load of credit for that. Um, They've obviously again put in loads of work on a voluntary basis to do that purely with the best interests of the football club at heart, um, so again well done to them for actually making that happen as you say kind of almost out of nowhere Mike, um, so well done to the guys for doing that I think the the notion of fan ownership um, is the utopia if you like because that's what we all would want and aspire to provided everything's aligned correctly and you know it's, it's from a risk perspective it's managed as well as it possibly can be um, and I think that's probably where the questions come in um, I have a few questions around about that personally um, and but I guess if the guys are coming on the show that would be the, the ideal time to answer those and, and it's just really making sure that it's viable or as viable and as well planned as I'm sure it will be uh, for the long term as possible and, and as long as the risks that can be managed are managed as well as they possibly can then it's a bit of a no-brainer to kind of agree to it and you're right that hopefully gets a wee boost from from the, the news with Dick coming on board as well so yeah. yeah as you say we've suddenly got feels like one appointment today's kind of unified the club a bit Um I think all supporters for the first time in a long time are hopefully on the same page now Um yeah think, I've
3: even seen uh, positive comments from some always miserable fans so that's a <laughs> sign
4: yeah I think um, again, the board have come in for a lot of criticism, and I think today is probably the first time I've not seen a negative word said about them, and, and rightly so in regards to this appointment as well. Um, and then the longer term picture, if everything stacks up um, for the support Society, then obviously it's the, the way that we would all wish the ownership to go in the future. So yeah, all, all good from nowhere.
3: And you feel a little bit, like when you own a bit of a club, it's like you feel a bit more attached to it. One of the clubs here did a thing where it's like 49% can be owned by the fans. It was $250 to buy into it. And the folks that have done it, they feel part of it. They feel attached to it. And they feel really invested in it more than just financially. And that's that's just what we can hope for. So we will definitely get somebody... On from the support society very soon to talk about that, answer any questions you may have. So you can let us know any questions you may have as well, and we'll put those to them. We'll just wrap things up now. We'll just go around one last time, Lee. Any final thoughts from you? Anything fun that you want to end the show talking about?
0: So
1: I've just had confirmation from Scott Young, fifty-five, Bunnet says actually yes. what's gone.
3: Um, so you thought he was taking the piss, but he I was actually he was it.
1: extracting the urine, and yeah, um, we've it was sold out in four minutes um, wow. from the announcement, um, which is unbelievable. So, um, I've suggested that we have a "in Dick we trust" t-shirt made um, to to hopefully raise some some funds as well. I know that Gordon would definitely buy that. Um, what about so, an inflatable um, penis? Um, I don't think you'd probably get them past. They were very. Uh, rigid security team at Bayview to be honest um, mm. But I'll uh, Google,
3: I'll, I'll source it
1: yeah, see, see what we can make happen but no, I just want like to say again, well done to the board in, in making this happen um, I think that it's that been great to see for as much as we've all been critical of uh, the board in the last few years myself included um, great to see the, the foresight and the um, ambition to go out and, and make something like this happen. And I, I never thought that it would be a possibility. Um So delighted, real, for the first time in a long time, I feel like we've got a chance at a feel-good factor here. Let's go
3: yeah. for it. Yeah, it, it definitely, that's the buzz just now. And that's all we can hope for. Final thoughts from you, Gordon?
0: Um, I was just going to say, Jokes on you, Lee. I've already got a T-shirt that says "In Dick We Trust." But <laughs> it's, it's more, it, I mean, it's more a crop top, but still. Sure. Was I
1: got I forgot about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. I Sorry, wear it all the time. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I'll just 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 to kind of say the same thing. It feels like oh, you know th- there was a bit of a, a cloud over the club. Probably just even you know a week, couple of weeks, months ago, it felt like. You know, we're on this downward spiral and, and there's a lot of you know enthusiasm is kind of draining out of the place. Um, and it, it feels like that's all kind of turned around very quickly with some, you know, really big encouraging pieces of news. So it's just, yeah, it's crazy how quick things can kind of turn around and, and hopefully this just, this is the start of something and, and it kind of snowballs. Um,
3: I'm really, really excited for it. War. final thoughts from you?
4: Yeah, no different to what the guys have said, really. I think, um, I don't think it would be a a, a huge exaggeration to say it's probably had to be one of the biggest appointments in the history of the club, because if we had got this wrong, the consequences of that um, are massive. And I think in terms of, the appointment itself, everything on the face of it would suggest it's right, so let's hope, <laughs> hope that, that that proves to be the case and I have no reason to think it won't be um, so again, just a well done to anybody involved in making that happen um, and I agree with Gordon's comments I, I just think that for the first time in a long time you can feel really positive uh, really looking forward to, to the game on Saturday, which even if it's a defeat, if we can see some signs of moving in the right direction I'll really give them encouragement to to hopefully see us through to the end of the season, even ninth place finish. Huge summer ahead, um, and then hopefully we can really start motoring on. So yeah, all all positive now. Thank
3: you. Yeah, same for me. And I, I think feel good facts is a good way to word it, but also we've got hope, which I think a lot of us would lost hope. We've got enthusiasm, and many of us, had like Doug spoke about, he wasn't sure he wanted to go and... And pay another eighteen pounds. Did you know it was eighteen pounds? Lead to get in. Doug just wanted me to to mention that again. Can we put the price up now if we're going to have folk more enthusiastic? I, I
1: actually, have, I'm going to start a campaign to make sure it's twenty five pounds for Doug Putty.
3: Yes, well, well worth. It. He can afford it. He makes good money exactly. on the on the makes golf tour. Spring. Just a, a weird quirk. In 2021, I was on Vancouver Island in Sydney for a game and the white Cat's manager got sacked fast forward three years i'm in the same place and east fife replaced their manager so anytime we want rid of a manager just send me over to here and i think this is some kind of magical thing that's going on here don't, don't go back before the euros just in case steve clark gets sacked <laughs> <laughs> yeah i think it should be good but yeah, we're all excited. Let us know your thoughts as well. Glory Days of Gold on xglorydaysgold at hotmail.com. No, gmail.com. Yep. I'm starting to call it x now, Lee. I've I've given up with the Twitter. Yeah, I, yeah. I've come up with the times.
1: I'm, I'm going to be kicking and screaming. It'll always be Twitter. Fucky one so,
3: one more. Sometimes I slip and I still say that. But we will be back with another show soon. Who knows what is going to be in store for the month of February. All we know is a lot of excitement, a lot of enthusiasm, and as Lee says, in Dick, we trust Mon Five.
1: Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted
0: the course banner. All conquering East Fife.
2: As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait those broken dreams and what might have been At that stadium by the shore But those glory days and gold might return once more